Welcome back to the Human Up Podcast. My name is Victor Ung, and in this episode, we have on my guest, Aaron Allen, who is a certified yoga teacher out at Cool of Movement, which is a yoga studio in Seattle, and I'm super excited to have her on. Um, if you are just joining, this is a podcast about emotional intelligence. It is a space for selfishly for me to bring on really cool inspiring people who are definitely creating their own life they're living life with more intention they're breaking boundaries they're breaking stereotypes and stigma and i love using this podcast to be honest as a excuse to ask them the more deeper questions of life and of their emotions and what really got them doing what they ended up doing. I started this podcast after realizing that there are so many people, including myself, that wasn't really receptive and open to having these deeper conversations. And of course, you know, context matters, the environment matters. And so this is where I found a love for podcasting because this is that environment um but because i wasn't able to find this before i didn't develop that skill to really tap into my own emotions into my own way of expressing something deeper within myself um i was very much that happy go lucky joyful kid who wanted to just have fun all the time so um you know, and, and I did, uh, but it left behind a lot of responsibility. It, it didn't allow me to also embrace the fact that not everything is easy. And so in that quest to be happy-go-lucky, to always be happy... I did everything I could to suppress the more negative emotions, the, the lower points. And when I finally started hitting my own quarter life crisis and in my workplace, it was something that I didn't know how to handle. I, I didn't realize that at the time, but all the, the days of trying to sleep in and figuring out every excuse to not go into work, to putting off every assignment that I've been tasked with to not wanting to engage with leadership or even with other coworkers, it just left me alone. And I wasn't aware of that loneliness before because I was surrounded by so many cool people and loving, supportive people. But there was something lacking in terms of me being able to express something deeper. So I won't go into all of that again here. You can listen to my older episodes to learn more about my story as well as uh, my site at Victor Ung, that's victorung.com to learn more. In this episode, I forgot to mention that Aaron is also a ganja yoga teacher out in Seattle. So I actually went to one of her classes in uh, back in January and it was amazing it was so cool to be able to 
connect with other like-minded ganja lovers and um, to really be at a space, a communal space for us all to slow down together. Um, it was just beautiful. I, I'm kind of at a loss for words around it, but it's definitely helped me expand my own consciousness in terms of you know being confident in myself and in both myself emotionally as well as physically um yeah i you know there's 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 so much to express there but uh if you are in seattle definitely come check her out once we're out and able to you know go and do normal things again uh kula movement out in ballard so needless to say cannabis has been a huge part of my life and in my emotional development as well really being able to help and guide myself in feeling my emotions the jury's still out because there's still a lot of studies that are being done and new findings that that we're still learning about in terms of cannabis and our mental health so just as a disclaimer if you are experiencing more debilitating and dysfunctioning ptsd please do seek professional help um we are not professionals especially when it comes to cannabis this is solely for educational and entertainment purposes only but for many of us, cannabis actually brings awareness to our emotions. And again, with more intentional practice, with meditation, with yoga, with more mindful practices, it can be really helpful to increase our emotional intelligence. And I am just so surprised and hurt and annoyed and frustrated that cannabis still has such a huge stigma around it i won't even get into all of the, the history and and why it's illegal and, and whatnot um, but the short story is that if you just think about what the current situation is right now during the pandemic where cannabis has been deemed an essential business for many states at least in america why is it then that we have still so many people in jail because of it just for a minor possession of marijuana and it's exact things like this that tells us we should really be questioning our perceptions our beliefs our biases that we might have within us as human beings but that's a whole conversation. So uh, in this episode, we're going to talk to Erin Allen about her experience with cannabis um, and combining that with her yoga practice and how that's helped her manage her weight, her eating disorder. It's helped her get off medications for her depression, anxiety, and, um, and pain. And it's such an amazing thing that it's hard not to see this as some kind of miracle plant but again with more intentional use it can be really helpful in so many situations i do also want to add in that this episode was recorded back in january so before all of the craze that we're experiencing in the world right now 
Um, so just wanted to throw that in there for context as we were not aware or cognizant of any of what's happening. But hopefully this is still relevant for you, if not more than ever, where there are lots of thoughts and emotions coming up for ourselves. And how do we manage that? How do we regulate that? Um, emotional intelligence and cannabis is a great way to do it. So with that, we will get right into the interview after a quick message from my sponsor. First off, thank you for being a listener of the Human Up podcast. I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I've honestly been cultured and, and kind of pressured to, to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without Anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast. And you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a, a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. All right. Hey, I am excited to have you on this podcast, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I I found you, I think, on Instagram <laughs> trying to, um, no, I found you through, so I had just been on a recent exploration in, you know, learning about how to incorporate cannabis into our lives and whatnot. So um, ended up finding about Ganja Yoga and that how they were, I think they had like a meetup in the Bay Area. And I was like, do we have that in Seattle? Why don't we have that in Seattle? <laughs> so. Yeah, so I reached out to you and found you on Instagram, and now we're here. Um, so for those who are not familiar, if you want to share a little bit about who you are, how you got into what you're doing, and, and why you're doing it, it'd be great. Sure thing. It's a kind of long story. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I like to call myself a reformed marriage and family therapist. <laughs> So back in another life, uh, that is what I did for about 10 years. So I have a master's degree in psychology and I worked in the um, counseling field for about a decade. And I am kind of one of those people who naively went into the world thinking that, you know, I wanted to change and make a difference and help people. And um, I chose to work in a pretty challenging area of psych, working with um, children who were in um, juvenile hall, foster care, inner city school system, uh, group homes. And it was really intense, as one might imagine. Um, 
I kind of lost myself through that work over that 10 years. I put on about 70 pounds. I became incredibly depressed. I started taking medications for depression, anxiety, for sleep, for pain. Um, I was in therapy myself. And I kind of just hit a wall at one point. Um, I had tried cannabis before, but I certainly wasn't a regular user. It was one of those things that, you know, if I was at a party and somebody had a joint, I might take a little hit, but I was usually already pretty drunk and I was in a very like different atmosphere. And I was at a pretty low point and I you know, where I lived, it was in California, cannabis was legal, and it was pretty easy to get a hold of. And I was really just looking to escape reality for a moment. And I was alone at my house, and I started smoking. And the most interesting thing happened, instead of escaping my reality, I literally just kind of became like I drop right on in. Everything just became super crystal clear. My mind and my body were connected in this way that had never happened before and that I didn't even know was possible. Um, it was a pretty profound and transformational experience. And so I started just kind of experimenting with that. And I would smoke alone and I noticed that I really loved to meditate when I did that. And with that came kind of this awareness that I was completely neglecting my body. And I had a little experience with yoga. Um, when I was in college, I took a class and it was sort of, you know, my introduction to the yoga world. I had practiced on and off through the years, much more off than on. Um, so I had, you know, that sort of in the back of my mind and it just, that's what my body wanted to do. And so I'd start these, you know, small, mindful, stretching, luxuri luxurious movements in my body. And it just felt really good. And so I literally just sort of made it my daily ritual to wake up in the morning. I would... <clears throat> go by myself in a room, I would smoke, I would meditate, and I would do some yoga. And I did that for about a year. And I, through that year, through that process, I was able to lose all of that weight that I had gained. I was able to go off every single one of the medications I was taking. And I came to a pretty big realization um, about what I wanted to do with my life, basically. I got into the career of therapy to try and help people. And I realized that, you know, the Western traditional way of helping wasn't helping me and hadn't been helping me. All of the medication and therapy wasn't working for me. And what did work for me was cannabis and yoga. And I just said, you know, what the hell? I'm going to dedicate my life to bringing this to other people. This is how I'm going to help. This is how I'm going to make a difference. So I left my career which was terrifying for many reasons. One, I definitely identified as a therapist. And two, I had so much student loan debt. I had no idea how that was going to work itself out. But um, 
Yeah. So I left my career. I went to yoga teacher training. I started teaching yoga full time. Um, at this time I was living in California and cannabis was not recreationally legal yet. And I really wanted to work in the industry. And so I actually packed up my bags and I moved to Seattle because it was recreationally legal here. Um, I applied for a bunch of cannabis-related jobs, and everyone essentially just kept telling me I needed to start from the beginning because I didn't know enough. So that's what I did. I started working as a bud tender, and um, I hadn't worked in a retail environment since I was, I think, in high school. So it was definitely a blast from the past. I gave myself a year to be in that position and learn everything I could about the cannabis plant. Um, what surprised me was how much I really loved bud tending. I just being able to have conversations with the general public, you know, <clears throat> I actually felt like I wore my therapist hat more as a bud tender than I did mm -hmm. working as an actual therapist. People came in with <clears throat> all kinds of issues and problems and just educating them on the plants and all the different varieties that are out there and how the specific cannabinoids and terpenes and all the different profiles, how they can in, impact each individual ailment that people are coming in with was so exciting. And just having people come back and be like, thank you so much. Like this changed my life was just so incredible. Um, However, as you can imagine, being a bud tender does not pay very well, and right. living in Seattle is very expensive. So <laughs> I kind of I went to my bosses and I was like, hey, you know, I gave it a year. It's time to move on. Um, thankfully, they appreciated me and were like, no, we're not going to lose you. So I still work for them four years later, and I run um, HR for the whole company. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> so I get to stay in the cannabis industry and make a little bit more money. Um, so as far as the ganja yoga part, um, I was just teaching sort of regular classes. Um, you know, I would teach some ganja yoga classes to friends. It was a very low key kind of, you know, in my living room kind of situation. Nothing formal by any stretch of the imagination. And, um, you know, I just started having conversations with the people in my life that might be able to make this a reality. And I finally got to a point where I hosted my first public class and it was just so wonderful and I loved it. And so I've been doing that, um, not on any kind of consistent basis. I'm getting to the point where I'm doing it a little bit more consistently about once a month now. Um, and the way I sort of came to, well, so I was doing ganja yoga. I'm going to reverse here for a moment. Okay. <laughs> so when I first sort of had that aha moment of, oh my gosh, ganja yoga is the way to go. This is what I'm going to do with my life. Um, I was, you know, doing Google searches and seeing if there was anything out there. And I too also stumbled upon um, what was happening in the Bay Area. And I'm sure you're familiar with Dee Dassault. She's kind of the queen of ganja yoga. Um, she was the one who was, had kind of brought it to the Bay Area. And that was the only thing I really found. Shortly thereafter, she um, wrote a book titled Ganja Yoga. And I bought it immediately. As soon as I read it, I was reading the foreword. And I, I literally, I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting 
on a chair on vacation in Mexico, and I just started crying uncontrollably, super embarrassed. Other people were looking at me and had no idea what was going on, <laughs> but I just had this like, oh my God, I'm not alone kind of moment, and it was pretty magical. Um, so pretty soon after that, I, so I started following D on social media and she started teaching a Ganja Yoga teacher training. Um, I wasn't able to attend the first one, but I did go to the second one and just being in that community of people with like minds, like, you know, similar interests and all sort of with a shared goal. It was so magical, so wonderful. Um, so yeah, that was a couple years ago. Um, and I'm so thankful Dee and I have actually become friends and she's such a great resource and somebody that, you know, I can use to help me with this. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how, how we came to where I am today. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a journey. Um, Certainly. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, I'm just curious, like, what was that like even just sharing all that just now? Um, you know, I've, I've shared it a lot. I'm pretty much an open book. And I think that the more I get to share my story, the more other people get to say like, oh, me too, me too. And yeah. I think that that helps to build community. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like think that's, <laughs> that's cool. Because I, I mean, that I... I think I'm one of those people where I'm just like, I think finding that intersection between um, kind of, it's interesting that you came from a mental health and psychology background too, and, and being able to uh, use cannabis and in a, a productive way for that. Yeah. Um, and, and it sounds like you've done a lot of that experimentation on yourself and, um, and then gone through the experience to, really be able to see how this can positively impact people. So we let I will we'll, we'll get into that I guess but I actually wanted to start with just to kind of ground us a little bit cuz this this podcast is about emotional intelligence uh more specifically and mm -hmm. and how that applies in so many other ways of our life but what does that mean to you? Um and and obviously there's no right or wrong here. Everybody has their own definition. I'm curious on your perspective. Oh, interesting. You've asked me a question I've never thought of before. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm not sure what the actual definition of emotional intelligence is. I would say for me and the way that I see it appearing in my life is intuition. Mm -hmm. Um. However, I, I will say that I am a extremely, some would say maybe too much so, emotional person. So, um, you know, that emotional intelligence, I think, for me, comes a little bit more naturally. Um, whereas uh, most other things in life, book smarts and such, definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if that if that answers your question. I don't know if I have a better answer for it, though, to yeah. be honest no, with you. <laughs> it's okay. Um, intuition um, is definitely, I, yeah. I will say that I do notice sort of an intersection between emotional intelligence and cannabis use. Mm. Um, and I think that's really cool. So 
you know, part of what cannabis does is it obviously affects our endocannabinoid system and creates a sense of balance and homeostasis in the body. But it also connects sort of the right and left brain and their way of thinking. So, you know, at the same time that it, you know, you have that like energizing euphoria feeling, you can also feel grounded and relaxed. Um, you know, you can tap into the logic, but also still have access to that into, you know, intuition kind of creates a bridge between thought and feeling. And I think that that is also really helpful in developing emotional intelligence. I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's why, why I'm have been inspired to explore this now, uh, this to, to find this intersection here. Um, so I, I guess I'm curious then from your, your own history there, where were you, so you said you weren't using cannabis until, um, until later, like, was this after your, job as a, a mental health therapist and counselor? Yeah. So it kind of like was toward the end of my career that yeah. I started. And what was, what were, what were your views on cannabis before that then as a, from a professional standpoint? Um, you know, it wasn't really on my radar very much, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have any like super negative views about it. And I wasn't super gung ho about it. It was just kind of, it, you know, I, I know, I know <laughs> now that there is a huge stigma against it. And it's something that, you know, I feel like I have had to battle since starting mm. this particular journey, yeah. but I didn't have, I, I, it wasn't on my radar at that point in time. And so I didn't even know that that stigma really existed, to be honest. I didn't see a whole lot of I wasn't, a, I, you know, I, I wasn't friends with anybody who used it on a regular basis mm -hmm. and I wasn't around it a whole lot. It just, like I said, just kind of wasn't really on my radar. Yeah. And, and so that's pretty cool that it sounds like you took it upon yourself to just experiment with this as, and, and really reflect on how this impacts your own mental and emotional health. Yeah, um, it was just such a profound experience. Unlike, yeah. I mean, it's so hard to put it into words. It's unlike anything I have ever experienced before. And once I feel like once you have that kind of experience, you are changed forever. Like you, mm. you don't come back from that. Like you are yeah. on a new mission in life. <laughs> like, do do you want to try to put those into words? Like that um, experience? Well, I mean, I think I, I sort of started by saying it connected my my mind and my body in a way mm -hmm. that I had never had access to before. Um, but it also just allowed space for my brain to process. And, you know, that might be just like process things that, you know, couldn't have happened in the past or things that are currently happening. But I was really good at just sort of stuffing everything in. And, you know, I think that's probably partly why I gained so much weight. I was definitely an emotional eater. I was kind of trying to eat my way happy because I wasn't dealing with everything that was going on in my life that was making me unhappy. And so when I consumed cannabis, I couldn't escape 
I was there. I was there with me. I was there with my head. I was there with my thoughts. I was there with my past. I was there with everything. And it forced me to process it. Um, and I think the meditation and yoga really helped with that because, you know, those practices kind of emphasize being a little bit more kind to yourself. And so when I was presented with all of this kind of icky stuff from my past that I hadn't processed, I had these really beautiful, amazing tools to help me process it in a healthy, positive way. Right. Right. Yeah. It almost sounds like the, the cannabis kind of brought up or, or increased the awareness around the, emotions and and that connection to your body and then the the meditation and yoga kind of was a tool to regulate that and and accept that exactly yep that's super fascinating (laughs) Um, (laughs) so when so let's see um trying to because i i i was thinking about like how I guess maybe a question then is like when you compare your own I guess emotional well-being and how you dealt with emotions slash your emotional intelligence um, before cannabis and and after what would you say is like uh, a couple differences that you've noticed? Um, well, one that I just mentioned before, I literally just wouldn't deal with things. I would just mm-hmm. kind of pretend they didn't exist. Um, And I have now realized that that is absolutely not a acceptable way for me to deal with things. (laughs) Not a healthy way for me to deal with things. And it sounds like food was probably a big part of that. For sure. Definitely. Um, And obviously, I mean, all those medications that I was taking as well. Um, So you know, I was definitely sort of turning to a lot of external things to try and make me happy. Whereas now I feel like I have that within myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of the greatest gifts that cannabis offers is just kind of expanding your mind to think about things, situations, life um, in a new way in a way that I, you know, perhaps just didn't have access to think about before. Um, And the really cool part about that is I I felt like I'd have all of these epiphanies, like all of these aha moments. And And I continue to, it's kind of crazy. It's, you know, it's been seven years now that I've been on this journey and that hasn't gone away. They continue to happen. And I, you know, all of those moments, you know, even if they're happening while you are under the intoxication of the plant, they're still there when you come out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's any science to prove this, but I, I feel like there's sort of new connections that are being made in your brain, um, you know, while you're having these aha moments after you have consumed. And I think those connections also are just sort of a little bit of a rewiring of your brain and are right. sort of there also once you haven't consumed. Um, you know, the cool thing is, is I, you know, I was smoking on a daily basis as I was kind of going through this journey. And the interesting thing is I actually find that I don't even need to use the plant very often at all. I mean, I enjoy it and I do. Um, but I, I much more use it now, uh, you know, 
not necessarily for special occasions, but, um, you know, I, I really like to use it intentionally and ritualistically. Um, and I'm very, very conscious not to abuse that. You know, I, I hold the plant with very, 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 very high regard. And I, I think that it's an amazing teacher spirit and I don't want to, um, I don't want to muddle that. I don't want to, you know, I want to keep that sacredness that it offers. Totally. I think yeah. I just totally went on this like crazy wild tangent no. that wasn't even answering your question. Yeah. There. <laughs> it's okay. I actually don't even remember what I, I see there. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I think it's, but, but in general, yeah, basically um, it was, it was a, a, a way to facilitate just deeper connection to, um, to, yeah, just new new pathways, new neural pathways, and new ways to connect with the body. Um, yeah, and also new ways to connect with other humans and right. the world at large. Honestly, right. um, it's you know it changed my relationship to literally everything and everyone. I yeah. feel like it it made me such a better human. It made me a more productive human. It made me a happier human. It made me a more loving human, a more caring human, a more accepting human. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. <laughs> yeah. Well, would you say that you weren't as much as those qualities before? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I, I do have those inherently in me, but they were amplified exponentially mm-hmm. after the fact. Interesting. Yeah. Um, another kind of curiosity came up was, you know, having your experience with psychology and the education around that too, um, was, I guess, maybe like what, what other tools or other kind of, you know, structures or frameworks did you have, um, before that and were like working on that maybe didn't really help and, and then, and then like, how did cannabis get involved with that? I mean, honestly, pretty much everything didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) So like I said, I was on every medication for every ailment you can think of. Um, and those had horrible side effects. You know, the sleeping pills made me groggy and the antidepressants made me just kind of numb inside. And Um, you know, the pain medication made me foggy and they all had physical side effects on my body. Um, and I don't want to disparage therapy because I think that it's really helpful for a lot of people. Um, and I don't know if maybe I just had really bad luck my entire life finding a good therapist. Um, but you know, I, I never really got anywhere near the help, I guess, for lack of a better word, from any of those things Mm -hmm. that I did from literally just smoking cannabis one time alone Mm -hmm. in my room and meditating on that. Like, I mean, like, and I, I think a lot of that too has to do with, um, kind of just going back to like the properties that the plant offers to our physical bodies, you know, the, you know, 
homeostasis with the endocannabinoid system and the, you know, expansive state of consciousness that it allows. I, I think, I, I mean, it had to happen. It was like my body almost like needed it to get to that point. I don't think anything else could have. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, they're like, that, I, that's what I really appreciate about cannabis too, is that there are um, so many benefits of it, of course, with um, productive and proper usage. Uh, and, and it's not, you know, the, the side effects are minimal compared to other over-the-counter drugs and prescription drugs. Um, and, and that's what's so interesting because it, and it's healing in so many other ways that we, it almost seems way too magical and powerful it, in a way. Yeah. And it's like, what, there has to be something wrong with this. Like, what is, what's the catch here? Um, and, and I think like from, from a uh, kind of a stigma point, I'd say that, I mean, a lot of that stems, you could probably trace it back to the history of why cannabis was even um, pro- prohibited in the first place was, you know, which I, I won't get into, but um, like, like <laughs> I could talk on that for a very yeah. long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the stigma is like, I mean, and it, and it is some, has some truth to it is that it, it can, you know, cloud your, your mind, you can get kind of brain fog, you can become a little lazy sometimes, or at least not want to, you know, work as much. Um, uh, at least that's, that's from my personal experience as well. So how, I guess, how do you balance that? And because I, I think I heard earlier, you mentioned that it, it did help you become productive as well. So like, yeah, so how have you you know, moderated your own cannabis use so it doesn't really get in the way of, of, you know, doing things you want to do? Um, I think for me, the biggest key is intention. So um, I pretty much never just kind of like willy nilly will smoke. Like when I do it, I have sort of a goal in mind or something I'm looking to do or get out of it or you know, sometimes that goal is to literally do nothing and be present and allow myself sort of that time to heal. But there is always a, an intention that I have when I go into it. Um, and I think that for me, that is definitely what allows me to, you know, continue to be super productive. And honestly, when I have sort of that goal in mind, it just, it almost like it amplifies it and sort of like brings it to life. And um, I find that it helps me be so much more creative. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like having that, that um, something in mind for what you'd almost even like to experience with it beforehand and then going into it, it helps just, like you said, amplify that and, uh, yeah, just help facilitate that. Yep. Um, for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, the easiest example I think of is, uh, so I I've tried, I always heard a lot of benefits from cannabis and with athletes as well. Um, and so 
yeah, I guess it's kind of a, a funny story of wanting to <laughs> experiment that with myself and like, can I, you know, work out longer? Could it, can I have more endurance uh, when using cannabis? And um, I think it's, it's important to go in with that intention rather than, uh, you know, just, just smoking and to get high to, you know, do things. So I ended up smoking too much and then ended up not being able to work out. So, um, so I think, yeah, like keeping that in mind to say like, you know, how do you, how do you moderate your, your own dosage? And of course that takes a lot of experimentation on your own to figure that out. But, um, but to know that and say like, yeah, you know, you just do a little bit of, um, uh, to to medicate yourself and and make sure that you can still focus on what you want to do. Yeah, totally. I actually um, was experimenting with that in the beginning as well. So like I said, when I first sort of started moving my body, it felt really good. And I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. And so I would just, um, you know, I started walking and then I just kind of started, I, you know, I was smoke and then I would walk and then my body just wanted to move more. It wanted to run. And it just sort of became this progression where I got to the point where I was, the, I took my little vaporizer and my little fanny pack and I was, um, yeah, I was running half marathons. <laughs> That's something that I never in a million years thought I would do. Um, it's not something I do anymore, unfortunately, but I couldn't have done it without the cannabis. It like just wouldn't have been possible, but it helped me so much to kind of just get in the zone and really be, I don't know, when you're that present and you get to feel, you know, your feet hit the ground and the wind against your face and breathe in the fresh air, all of those yeah. things just become so magical. Uh, I, I just didn't want to stop. I felt like, you know, I could have ran forever. And I am not a runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it just makes you feel way more connected to mm -hmm. everything. Um, yep. And, and again, like it's, it's cool that this isn't like, you know, it's not addictive, right? Um, you know, they yeah. may say it's a little bit habit forming, but it, it can, it, it's not like you have withdrawals or, um, you know, want or like absolutely depend on it after a certain point, um, you, you can have, you can like save the space and the time to, to use it with more intention around it rather than like needing to take it and having to set a schedule around it, like when to pop your pills or whatever. So it's super interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think where, let's see, I was going to ask a question around that, but lost my train of thought, just nerding <laughs> out about cannabis. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, I guess like what, um, I, I, I can't, I don't know if you mentioned that before, but like what, so you said you're now working in HR with, yes, is it with For a specific, a okay. For a cannabis company. Yeah. Uh, like a grower or like. Uh, no, it's a retail company. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and that's your full-time job? Yes. Yes. Well, that and I also teach five yoga classes a week. Right. And right. I'm doing my uh, Gandhi yoga class about oh, once a month or so. Gotcha. Okay. 
Um, so how how does that how do like how how have your shifts in even your views on cannabis and how that's helped you personally, like how does that bleed into other areas in your life and your profession? Um, I think one of the reasons I, I was so adamant about working in the cannabis field, one was because I did want to learn as much as I could, but I mean, you know, you can do that taking classes and online and talking to people and such. But for me, a big part of it was just shattering the stereotypes and the stigma. Um, I think there's, you know, sadly still a very big stigma around the plant and what the users are Mm -hmm. and what they look like and what they do and that kind of thing. And I feel like, um, you know, being a middle-aged woman, um, you know, with an education coming from, you know, relatively good family and you know just sort of that doesn't fit into what a lot of people's preconceived notions are about somebody who would be drawn to work in the cannabis field and I, I wanted to shatter that I wanted to you know one of the things I love is when I meet people and you know I get to tell them what I do and to see their reactions and to get to talk about the plant and to see their you know, hear their questions and to get to answer them and to get to maybe change the way that they see things a little bit has just been really just fun, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's been met with a fair amount of resistance. Um, there was one like yoga teaching job that I almost didn't get because of what, you know, mm. I do for a living, which to me just seems insane. Right. But um they finally came to their senses after having me take a drug test, obviously fail it, and then talk to some doctor in Nebraska. I told this doctor my essentially like my life story, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, you're good. I'm gonna recommend it. That's awesome. <laughs> you're fine." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was pretty funny. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's. You know, because I, I think with anything that people are unfamiliar with it's it's easy to to wave off you know and then when we are surrounded with um with with other negative messages like those are what stand out you know and rarely do we hear much positive in general yeah. really like in life and in, in life yeah and, on the news right period. like <laughs> yeah and I'm sure you're familiar like our minds just like focus on the negative so much more and so um yeah and so that that is a really noble mission there to like break that down uh for people um which I think is also this I guess is something I'm contemplating too is you know obviously i very much will advocate for cannabis i'm i'm a recreational user and um you know seeing a lot of the the benefits from it uh but i also want to resist from being kind of what's i don't know what the word is kind of like preachy about it you know like yeah (laughs) everybody should do drugs uh (laughs) um and and because uh, because that's the thing is like everybody has their own ways of, of of finding that connection 
right? And so yeah, I guess how like I don't know if that's something that that you either think about or I've maybe come you know come across or or have dealt with in terms of you know people that you work with like how how do you kind of have that kind of conversation yeah i think that a lot of um a lot of the you know negative rhetoric that is being spread around about the plant um is just due to misinformation and ignorance and um the way i combat that is just I probably do cross the line of going into being a little bit preachy sometimes. I know my husband will sometimes I'll get on my soapbox and my husband will shoot me a look and be like, all right. <laughs> does he, does he, Simmer down. Uh, does he smoke too or? No, he does okay. not. He hasn't, has never actually tried it. Okay. Um, so he can't unfortunately for his job. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, so I, 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 the way I combat that is just spreading knowledge. Mm -hmm. I just try and share as much information and knowledge as possible because I believe that that's the sort of the power that I have to be able to change that. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't say, I, I wouldn't say like, oh, you need to do this. But if somebody's talking about an ailment that I happen to know cannabis can help, I will, you know, give a little science on it and make a suggestion. I'll offer to, you know, I, I can't tell you how many of my friends have scheduled phone conversations with their parents and their parents' friends. And, you know, I've had hundreds of hours worth of these conversations about essentially just coaching people who don't know anything about the plant and don't know how to start and don't know what to buy or how to do it. I've gone into shops and sort of walked people through it. I should really start charging for this service. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, funny that you mentioned that. I think like that's kind of the direction that I'm going. So. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A bit. <laughs> nice. Well, I, there's definitely a need for it and a market for it. Yeah. Um, so just sort of being able to give people the information, I think, is the biggest answer. Right, Arm them with right. information. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe I'm also curious, like, what kind of, I know we're coming up on time here and I, I like to end with a, a certain little thing, but last question is like when, uh, um, how, how do your ganja yoga sessions go? Like, I guess, tell me more about like what, how you facilitate that or, or what, yeah. what's the difference with that versus normal yoga? Yeah. Versus just showing up high to a yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> that and, that and being sober. Really yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, but that so, and also being sober too, and maybe the differences between that and how you ah, do that. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, well, so the way I structure the classes is um, everybody gathers and I have everyone sort of get in a circle and I start with sort of an informational bit, if you will. So I talk about um, the history of the plant, um, its connection you know, it's ancient connections to the yoga world, which are, you know, you could do an entire podcast on in and of itself. It's super fascinating. Um, 
you know, how it was used globally as a medicine until less than a hundred years ago, um, sort of how it became banned in the U.S. and what that looked like. I talk a little bit about the endocannabinoid system. I talk about um, a little bit about, you know, indica versus sativa, the different cannabinoids and terpenes, sort of a, a primer, a cannabis 101, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then a big part of why I do this is wanting to build community. I think that there's a lot of us out there who are kind of, you know, hiding in the shadows and we're doing this thing and we're not talking about it. And I really Mm -hmm. want this to be a place for everybody to feel safe and to be able to talk about it. So I have people go around the room and say their name and if they're comfortable sharing maybe why they're there or, you know, an experience that they've had with cannabis and or cannabis and yoga. Um, and they can pass if they like, and people often do, and that's totally fine. Um, but I really just want to give that space for everybody to kind of look people in the eye and make that human connection. I think that's something that we're really missing in this world. Um, so it's important for me to create space and time for that. And then we all, um, well, it is currently illegal to consume cannabis on the property in, if that property is a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I give people, you know, we take a break, we leave the room, um, and I give people the option to consume outside. Obviously, everybody takes that option. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we all congregate back inside, and the yoga practice itself is pretty different from any other yoga class that you will go to. So the movement itself is a restorative practice. Um, So instead of thinking about it being like a stretching class, I like to explain it more as an opening. So you're using a lot of props to kind of support your body weight and you're just Mm -hmm. sort of releasing. So we're not doing any standing poses. There's no downward dogs. It's all just kind of getting out all that trapped energy that's been stuck in our physical bodies um, in a very relaxing way. Um, And then I pair that with a sort of guided imagery that it's sort of a fantastical voyage for your mind to go down. And I do kind of a chakra opening practice. So the movements are kind of corresponding with the chakra and I give a nice little guided imagery for each. Um, So it's really a very unique kind of journey um, that we go on. So that's how the class is structured. Um, And I'd say the difference between doing yoga when you um, have consumed cannabis versus not is, I mean, it's, it's night and day difference. Like I said, you know, cannabis helps sort of bridge that mind body gap. And that is literally the goal that yoga is after. So a lot of times people, you know, people talk about the chakras and they talk about the energy body and kind of the woo woo side of yoga, which nobody really understands. It's taught and it's talked about, but people are like, what is this thing that you're speaking of? And the crazy thing is, is when you consume cannabis, all that stuff comes alive. Like Mm -hmm. you can feel it. And it's like, oh, this is what they were talking about. Um, so there's a reason. Now. Exactly. I mean, there's a reason that the you know ancient yogis used cannabis. These yeah. two things go hand in hand. They were meant to go together and they both have the same results in our body. It's just it's kind of a crass way to say it, but I feel like cannabis is kind of the cheat sheet <laughs> <laughs> to like hacking yoga. Um, so, yeah. 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 And that's why like, 
I consistently am like, okay, seriously, what's the catch here? Like, what are, what, what are we missing? <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's great. So, um, okay. Yeah. I guess I got to show up to one of those classes. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> There's one on February 23rd. All right. <laughs> um, uh, being a podcast about emotional intelligence, uh, have this thing at the end where we go through real quickly um just your experience or your uh idea with the five core emotions um and so you know we can start with anger and you kind of just share either just your experience with it how you how you feel about it or what you think about it in terms of uh, a larger societal aspect so i can i'll let you take it either as personal or as uh, high level as you want. But um, so for each emotion, just kind of sharing your thoughts and experiences with each of them. Hmm, interesting. I yeah. like that. Okay. So with anger. <laughs> yeah. We'll start with anger. Um, anger. That's a hard one for me. Honestly, I've kind of relatively recently on this seven-year journey, have realized that anger is an emotion that I was never really comfortable with and was one that I suppressed Mm. um, more than any other emotion. And realizing how unhealthy that that is was kind of a big aha moment because in my head, anger equals, you know, yelling and it's scary. And um, realizing that it doesn't have to be any of those things and that anger is a normal, natural, healthy emotion that has to be processed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Uh, I resonate that a lot being having a short temper as a kid. <laughs> so um, that's what happens when you don't find and you're a, a, a productive outlet for it. It just bursts out. So, yeah. Um, how about fear? Oh, sadly, I think a lot of the world is living in fear and a lot of the time without even realizing it. Um, I think fear is usually the number one thing that prohibits most people from living the best life that they can live. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Has that shown up? Like, how's that shown up in, in your life? And how did you kind of manage that fear? Um, I'd say it shows up quite a bit and I manage it by, <laughs> I, I'm a total self-help junkie. And for probably the last like 25 years, I'm constantly reading some kind of self-help book or doing some kind of journaling or gratitude thing. I'm, I'm kind of ridiculous that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so couldn't, when couldn't I, really tell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So when that fear pops up, I just kind of tap into my toolbox and relating to whatever that fear is relating to in that moment, just kind of figure out what is the best way to overcome, overcome it. And I, 
in order to do that, I force myself out of my comfort zone. Mm. Um, I mean, a great example, honestly, was teaching this ganja yoga class. Um, and my fears were plentiful. They were fear of being judged by right. other people, specifically friends and family, but also people that I don't know. Um, and to be honest, my fear of getting in trouble with the law, which is a really sad um, but very real and scary place to be as well. Yeah. Um, and so just kind of realizing that I'm never going to be able to have what I want unless I push past that. Uh, how about sadness? Um, oh, sadness, my old friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know... Um, that was one that was, that I lived with a lot in my, in my depression days. Um, for me, I could very easily kind of go down these like dark rabbit holes of sadness and it was sort of like a snowball effect. Um, you know, I was working with a particularly challenging population and just seeing the inequities of life and, you know, the hardships that people had to go through and the unfairness of it all. And it was really easy to just kind of get consumed by that and mm -hmm. get very, very sad. Um, I think I have some unhealthy coping mechanisms surrounding sadness, one of those being avoidance. So I just kind of don't let myself sometimes be in those situations. Um, I've actually cut out the news because it was causing too much sadness in my life. Um, but for me, that was the only way I could remain sane. Um, so I don't know if that's the healthiest way, but for me, that's what I needed to do. Um, thankfully anymore, I, I don't, I don't really get super sad ever anymore. It's one of those things that I think I've just kind of regulated how to, um, how did, how did, how to avoid for myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's like, I, go ahead. Um, no, I also like, you know, like, the woo-woo hippie in me also kind of is like everything happens for a reason. Everything was meant to be. And um, I just recently completed a 10-day silent meditation Vipassana retreat. And um, I, I do have a daily meditation practice for an hour a day. And, you know, a big part of that is kind of recognizing that when you get attached to... Um, when you get attached to anything, whether it be happiness or sadness, that that's only going to bring about suffering. So mm -hmm. I, I sort of try to incorporate that into my daily life. Yeah. So just non-attachment in general. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, kind of disgust and shame. Um, ooh, 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 you're going deep <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, um, this is so being, yes being the self-help junkie um i have read a lot of um Brene brown's work which is focused a lot on shame um and honestly it's been really really helpful um and again just kind of recognizing that it's <sighs> 
I don't want it in my life. It doesn't have a place in my life. And that if I give it credence and I give it power and um, I let it have that place and I'm not interested in doing that. Mm. So, you know, it's just, it's taken time, you know, words are easy to say, but this, this has been a, a, like I said, a 25 year journey and progression to get to this point. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And obviously all of these things still creep in because I am a human. Um, and I think that, um, you know, shame and disgust, um, particularly are, are very common things that I'm sure all humans, but I know every woman I know definitely deals with, um, you know, and and it's ongoing, it's hard. Um, and, and it still creeps in. I, you know, I, I teach yoga, but I don't have, I don't look like your typical yoga teacher. I don't have a yoga body. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little chubby. And when I go into a forward fold, you can see my rolls. And I've had people make comments in my class, not to me, but overheard them saying things like, you know, I'm not going to go to a yoga teacher who is fat because wow. I want to fit and I don't want to look like them, things like that. Um, and so, you know, of course that like shame and disgust creeps in. Yeah. Um, how can it not? But, you know, I just, that's when I turn back to my like gratitude and self-love and journaling and (laughs) just try and, you know, we're all just trying to do the best with what we've got. Totally. I mean, part of me does say it's like, well, it's like, like, why are you going to yoga? You're like, what are your intentions? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) anyway, uh, lastly, but least, or not least, uh, joy. Oh, I love joy. Um, I mean, joy is what makes life worth living. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, however, I think that in order to really appreciate joy, you have to, go through all of those other negative bad things. You have to go through the anger. You have to go through the depression, the sadness. You have to go through the shame. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's all, you know, it's all about balance. Yeah. And, and it's, it's contrast too, right? Like what is joy if, if, if we don't know what sadness is or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. So I think that's common among American culture, especially where we're like trying to maintain that joy or happiness for so long and we'll do everything even to avoid all the negative sides. Um, but I think, I think Brene Brown was the one who like talked about that too. Like you're suppressing when you're suppressing your negative emotions, you're also suppressing the positive ones. Yeah. So cool. Um, well, I thank you for spending this time with me and uh, just nerding out about <laughs> about cannabis and <laughs> mental health fun. and yeah, um, really appreciate this. How can people find you and what you're up to and um, yeah, and what what kind of support would you like from people? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I shared with you earlier that technology is not my strong suit. (laughs) Um, but I do have a website. It is mysticherbyoga.com. 
Um, and then I also have an Instagram account. I'm not super active on it. Um, one of my sort of self-help things is not spending too much time on social media. Unfortunately, it's at, at a detriment to my business, but one of the, again, yeah. <laughs> you know, balance. <laughs> yeah. So my, uh, I do also post all of my, um, classes on there though. And that is Yogi underscore Aaron underscore Allen. And that's A-L-L-A-N. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, are there other like marketing, like how else do you find people to fill your class? Um, I, I have no idea how people find me or find my <laughs> class. I do a Facebook, um, kind of, what is it called? A Facebook event whenever I have them. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's a, a lot of it. And then also the studio where I teach the classes is called Kula Movement. It's on Ballard Ave in okay. Seattle. They'll and do the marketing. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Yeah. It's on their mailing list and stuff. So, cool. yeah. All right. Well, cool. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. And again, thanks for, for coming on, Erin. It's been cool to, to chat with you. Um, yeah. Agreed. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. And who knows, maybe I'll, I'll try to show up at one of your classes too. So please do. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks again. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Aaron Allen, reformed marriage and family therapist turned ganja yoga teacher. Before you go, I actually want to let you know that I am collecting other people's thoughts and voices and expressions for this podcast as well. Um, you can send in an audio message to me at anchor.fm slash victorung slash message. And I'd love to hear what you've been finding in this new world that we're in. What kind of fun, quirky, weird things have you been doing, especially when it comes to reconnecting with yourself when it comes to uh, you know connecting with joy and dealing with loneliness or stress um, for me I've actually been doing this thing called flow masters which is a play on toastmasters and a combination of improv comedy and freestyle rapping which is it's super fun um, and it's not about being the best rapper or you know, spitting the best rhymes, but it's just allowing a space for people to express themselves, to express their their true selves without judgment, without bias, and just have fun with it over music. Um, let me know if you're actually interested in that. Uh, but along with it, I do want to hear what other fun things you've been doing. So again, anchor.fm slash victorung slash message. You could also find me on Facebook to send me an audio message that way or make sure to follow me and message me at Instagram.com slash human up podcast. Besides that, if you identify as a man and want to develop your own emotional intelligence or if you know somebody who would love support in learning about their own EQ as well when it comes to stress management, when it comes to leadership and confidence um, or even just articulation and expression of emotions when it comes to relationships definitely hit me up at victorong.com and i'd love to jump on a, a quick call to talk through if coaching might be a great fit for you i do want to mention that coaching is not therapy 
Um, it is not a place to process the past or to diagnose any more serious conditions that you may be experiencing. Um, coaching is more future focused, uh, more present and future focused. So really assuming that there is nothing to fix per se, but that there are things in your life that you'd love to maximize, that you love to accelerate the progress in, right? Um, it's kind of like working out at a gym with a spotter where you're able to really challenge yourself and bench a lot more if you actually have some support doing so. So please do reach out at victorown.com if you are interested. I am also building out a membership site and community for this specific um, thing as well. And that's a place for those who maybe don't need the the more personal um you know, one-on-one -on -one relationship, but would rather have a community to connect with. Um, you can learn more about that at victorong.com slash membership. So with that, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a lot out of this. Um, again, I'd love to hear from you and make sure you're following and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you're listening to. And I'll catch you next Monday.